There's some challenges, no question, but I think what's really important is um, a healthy dose, dose of tenaciousness and, and, and a real focus on assessing the risks that are there in this period, uh, managing those risks and really pushing on with your business in every positive way you can. Hello and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. I'm Caroline Jewell. For this episode, we're coming to you from our virtual podcast studio with guests joining us from Melbourne and Perth to discuss medtech, biotech and farmer opportunities in Korea. With the borders closed, international travel restrictions in place and people being urged to stay home to help stop the spread of COVID-19, many international scientific and medical meetings in our sector have been postponed or cancelled. It's forcing us all to find new and different ways of doing business, sharing knowledge between countries and collaborating for better health outcomes. This year, the 15th annual BioCorea event is going to be held for the first time as a virtual convention. It all kicks off on the 18th of May and MTP Connect and Austrade are making sure that our Australian biotech sector will be there. So today I'm joined by Julie Quinn, who's head of the Healthcare Centre of Excellence for Austrade and a driving force behind Australia's first virtual trade mission to BioCorea 2020. We're joined by Paul Anderson, who's the Managing Director of Orthocell, a Perth-based regenerative medicine company, who will join the trade mission and be part of the Australian Pavilion at BioCorea. And I'd also like to welcome back MTP Connect's Managing Director and CEO, Dr. Dan Grant, and Dr. Kate Brooks. MTP Connects Director of Stakeholder Engagement in Western Australia. So Julie, um, let's kick off with you. Can you tell us about taking Australian biotech on the first virtual trade mission to BioCorea? Yeah, look, this is going to be a really interesting experience for Australian biotechs who are exhibiting there. Um, and I think if you think of Korea's track record in ICT and uh, gaming development, I think they're going to really set the benchmark pretty high for a virtual conference. Austrade's been supporting Australia's efforts in South Korea for a number of years and has been coordinating a mission there since 2014 to BioCorea. Last year, about 26,000 people attended by a career from 45 countries. So there really has been uh, a big focus on Korea uh, as, uh, as a biotech um, centre. It's such an interesting concept, isn't it, to move something as large as, as this type of convention with thousands and thousands of delegates to an online conference program. I, I understand there's going to be, um, you know, an e-conference program, a virtual exhibition, an online meeting matching system, um, it sounds like, you know, a really different way of connecting. Yeah, look, I think some things actually will be very familiar. So I think the online partnering program, uh, as much as we do like having face-to-face -face meetings, the online partnering program is something we're really used to now by having all these meetings and webinars uh, online. The e-conference will be a little different, but... Uh, we are lucky in Australia to have been invited to submit two speakers to speak at the scientific program. So we have Professor Colin Masters from the Melbourne Brain Centre will speak about Alzheimer's disease and uh, Silvio from uh, CCRM at Monash will speak about regenerative medicine. In addition to that, of course, we have the uh, virtual pavilion and um, this will be a 3D experience. Think of yourself walking through a computer game and entering a traditional 
Korean palace uh, to go inside to what will look like in 3D form a, an exhibition centre. Um, and then from there, you'll be able to navigate your way through the exhibition centre, looking at booths that will look remarkably like what we see in, in real life, uh, navigate through their visit booths. And rather than speaking to a person and looking at a, a poster, you'll be viewing digital content. So it's going to be quite an interesting journey, I think, for those who are there. That sounds incredible. How are you bringing the Australian flavour to the pavilion? The pavilion will have nation branding. So Austrade is coordinating the entire pavilion and we'll have consistent branding across the pavilion. And then each kiosk, there'll be 20 kiosks and each kiosk, of course, there will be uh, up to the exhibitors to display their own materials. So it will still look like a unified Australian booth, but with everybody being able to bring their own materials to their own kiosk. Dan, you have been to BioKorea and represented um, Australia and MTP Connect on a number of occasions, and MTP Connect is supporting the Australian trade mission to BioKorea again this year. Tell us why um, Regen Medicine and uh, clinical trials are such a hot topic at the moment for the growth of our sector. Look, I, th I think I'd, I'd just like to start by reiterating some of the things that Julie said about, about BioKorea and the importance of this meeting for our sector. This is the first time that, that our sector will experience a virtual bio-like meeting, but it won't be the last one. And, and we know that bio in the US has also gone virtual. And so I think this is a fantastic opportunity for our sector, for our companies to, to in essence, experience what, what these virtual partnering meetings will be like, what the virtual pavilion will be like. Um, I think it is really important that we continue to grow on the, and, and build on the momentum that we've generated with the interactions that Australia has had with Korea over the last number of years. We know that, that we always have a, a strong delegation going to BioKorea, but importantly, we also have a very strong delegation from Korea coming to our Oz Biotech Conference in October. In fact, it's one of the largest um, international delegations that comes. And so I think this is really an outstanding opportunity for us to build on the momentum we've had. As you mentioned, we, we have been there a number of times, and last year I was fortunate to be there a little bit longer ago than, than a year now um, in Seoul and had the opportunity to talk on the Australian clinical trials capabilities with a lot of our clinical trials colleagues from around the sector. Great opportunities for Korean companies to understand the capabilities that uh, Australia has in delivering clinical trials. And, and we know that, you know, as we, as we expand this conversation to Western Australia, we know that, that linear is a fantastic clinical trials capability in Perth. So I think there's again, opportunities to talk about clinical trials, to talk about how we do trials in this environment and, and the opportunities that, that still exist. And we did also talk about regenerative medicine. And again, Korea has a very strong regenerative medicine sector and we've engaged very closely with them over a number of years. Clinical trials bring in about a billion dollars a year in industry-sponsored trials, a huge impact on the sector, both in terms of economic um, impact, but also in terms of providing patients access to cutting edge therapeutics. And of course, our, our publication on regenerative medicine that we, we put out um, a year and a half ago at the Oz Biotech Conference highlighted the strengths that Australia has in regenerative medicine and, and the opportunities to continue to build on that. So I think BioKorea is a fantastic opportunity. We get to build on those relationships we've had, and I'm looking forward to experiencing the virtual pavilion. Just cross over to Kate, who's 
putting together the WA kiosk for the Australian Pavilion and hear about some of the fantastic biotech contingent from WA that's going to be featured in the Australian Pavilion at BioKorea this year. I echo Dan's comments. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to experiencing a, a conference virtually as well. I mean, we all know it's wonderful to go to these um, conferences in person and have that face-to-face -face interaction. But I think a virtual experience really makes it more accessible to those companies and researchers that may not have been able to travel um, for whatever reasons, um, primarily budget. So having it virtual means there's, there's just going to be a, a really new cohort, I think, going to, to be part of this bio career 2020. And I'm looking forward to engaging with that. And, and just to mention a little bit about career, I mean, it's definitely emerging as a country in Northeast Asia, but that's a key contributor to global healthcare innovation. And we've witnessed career as really a global pharmaceutical player with new drug research and, and development as well. So with that in mind, and um, knowing that clinical trials are a focus of this bio 2020, as well as regenerative medicine, drug discovery, and, and cancer technologies, and in particular liver fibrosis, R&D. We use those um, themes to collect a group of WA businesses and researchers, and we're going to push them through this kiosk that, we've, uh, that we'll be taking up and showing virtually at, at Bio 2020 as part of the Australian uh, pavilion. And so this kiosk is going to be run by the MTP Connect WA Life Sciences Innovation Hub, but we're really acting as a gateway um, to promote a selection of businesses, but more, more broadly a, a, as a contact and conduit to all of the life sciences um, activity that's happening here in WA. And so some of the businesses we are going to feature in our kiosk, as Dan mentioned, we have Linear, which is becoming more and more well-known on the national front as well, particularly now with their COVID-19 clinical trials underway. We're going to be focusing on the research that's done here around liver fibrosis with um, a shout out to the work being done by Harry Perkins Medical Research Institute, Curtin University, and also some new imaging treatments of liver fibrosis that's been carried out by Resonant Health. And then in that drug discovery phase, we'll be highlighting the work done by Pure IV, which is one of Australia's leading companies in delivering um, antibiotics intravenously from home. And Epichem, they're going to be featured, as well as OncoRes Medical, one of the startups here in WA, and they will be, um, will be promoting their work on cancer diagnostic technologies as well. And then, of course, in the regenerative medicine space, which is a big focus of the conference, we've got OrthoCell. So really great collection of SMEs, researchers and startups that we're promoting through the kiosk. That sounds like um, a fantastic effort from WA. And, and obviously, there's going to be kiosks from every state in Australia as well as part of this. But while uh, we have Paul with us from OrthoCell, perhaps we can cross to you, Paul, to hear about your thoughts on uh, being part of a, a virtual trade mission to BioKorea 2020 as a, a regenerative medicine company. 
I think Dan's words echo very well here in that um, this may be the first virtual meeting that uh, we're participating in, but almost certainly it won't be the last. And I think that uh, this is really a, an exciting opportunity and an extension of what we've all had to learn to do in a much more bigger way is communicate with our colleagues internationally and locally, even in your, in your own town, through the mechanisms that we're having this meeting today through Zoom and these other web-based um, connected pieces. So I think it's, um, it's a changing world. I think it's one that we have to embrace. And uh, as I mentioned, I think I'm excited about being involved. And, um, you know, as, as one channel of communication, an old-fashioned, if you like, direct uh, channel of communication of face-to-face uh, seems to be drying up in this current environment, well, it's time to embrace the next phase. And so we're very excited about being involved in this virtual meeting. Fantastic. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, that it's, it is creating change, um, the current environment at the moment. And obviously you have, your business is um, looking at regenerating mobility for patients by developing products that repair soft tissue injuries. And you have a global business. You've got your sites um, set on European, US and Australian approvals for, for some of your medicines and regenerative medicine offerings. How is this changing the way um, that you're operating your business globally at the moment, Paul? Yeah, certainly there has been some disruption to our business in that, um, you know, for instance, the uh, dental market in the US and UK has, has currently been effectively shut down. You know, we've seen a postponement of elective surgeries here within the Australian uh, and other domains as well. So certainly that's posed some immediate challenges from, um, you know, the continuing to develop and grow your products in those markets. But we've found that despite the fact that there has been those disruptions, it's been a very unique and fantastic opportunity for us to engage much more deeply with all of our key opinion leaders and our customers globally. Uh, they have some time, we have some time. And so for the first time um, in a long while, we've seen good, consistent, constructive discussions about today and tomorrow uh, with our key partners. And that's been a very useful and powerful tool for us to set ourselves to really push out the other end of this um, COVID-19 scenario. But the, on the other side of, of what we do also is that we have, uh, you know, a very aggressive uh, strategy of driving our products in, in our bone, our tendon and our nerve uh, into uh, foreign markets, as you mentioned, the US, Australia and Europe with our major focus. Um, so we have a very strong regulatory program uh, that's underway in the company and, and some of our largest parts of the infrastructure in the company is around our reg. And so very little impediment to the development and progress of those uh, milestones and goals within the company. So whilst we have seen some disruption um, from a clinical and market, market perspective, uh, we've been able to continue to focus and to push on on the very important uh, non-clinical milestones that we have in the company. So some challenges, no question, but I think what's really important is um, a healthy dose of tenaciousness and, and, and a real focus on assessing the risks that are there in this period uh, managing those risks and really pushing on with your business in every positive way that you can. I, I noticed that you've recently released your quarterly results and some of the uh, updates that you were giving around 
bone growth and nerve regeneration. Can you tell us uh, what's creating a bit of a buzz in the field of regenerative medicine right now? Uh, yeah, so I mean, obviously, there's, um, you know, if you take a macro view, um, you know, we've seen, you know, 3D printing is something that, um, you know, is obviously very exciting and provides us with the ability to customise constructs for regenerative medicine purposes, whether they're just as a medical device or whether they're in combinations with cellular and other um, mechanisms. We've seen, obviously, you know, CAR-T and, and, and a focus on, on cancer has, has stormed into, um, you know, the global lexicon and, and, and uh, we're seeing successes in that area. We're seeing the development of organoids um, that, that um, can really work to help with drug development. Um, but from our perspective, in, in our focus, as we see a regenerating mobility, and, and that focus is there because we see that, you know, we have ageing populations. We, the expectation of these ageing populations is much greater than it's ever have been. You know, we want to be fitter, we want to be stronger, we want to be mobile for much longer periods of time. Um, and to measure with that, the, the, the retirement ages are, are rising. So we're being asked to be more mobile and contribute from a productivity perspective to society in a global sense. And so our focus has really been on keeping people mobile and functioning. And some of the biggest cohort of patients that we treat are workers' compensation patients, so patients who um, have injuries that inhibit their abilities to work and inhibit their abilities to contribute to society. So for us, um, we've really had a focus of combining a couple of different approaches, and that is to have a, a cellular therapeutic approach to some of these tissue types, to have a medical device or biological medical device approach to, to fix some of these tissues, and also importantly to have combinations of these cellular and, and biological constructs that come together to form a sweet spot um, for the regeneration of these um, different human tendons. But certainly for us, the most, one of the most exciting pieces that we've seen in our company in recent times is the use of our collagen medical device cell growth um, for the regeneration of human nerve tissue. And we've recently announced some interim results of a study that we're doing with one of Australia's leading nerve surgeons, where we're actually treating tetraplegic patients, quadriplegic patients, who have lost the use of their arms. And we're now uh, participating with uh, a couple of surgeons in Australia in nerve transfers and using our biological medical device to enhance the predictability of these outcomes, to enhance the improvements that these patients are seeing. And really what we've, we've been evidence through our clinical data is patients who previously didn't have use of their arms with reconnecting and replumbing nerves that are innovated from other areas of the body, we're giving these people back their ability to be mobile, to function, to use their phone, to toilet themselves, to feed themselves and to get around the house themselves. And these have incredibly positive outcomes uh, both at a societal level, but also at a personal level. So we're particularly proud and very excited about the work that we're doing with tetraplegics and peripheral nerve injuries. I agree with Paul. I think that the regenerative medicine sector has great potential in Australia. We've seen a lot of, a lot of interest in that, that sector. We identified in our report that, that if we were to capture just, just 5% of the sector, that we would bring an additional $6 billion a year of exports into our are into the sector in essence generate six billion dollars worth of exports. So I think there's some really outstanding things that, that we should be doing. I think the federal government through the MRFF has taken a, a great step in the establishment of the stem cells therapeutic mission that that was announced 
last year and, and is now up and running. And I think that's a fantastic initiative by the MRFF and, and of course the efforts by the federal government to support cell manufacturing capabilities at tissue therapeutics. And the VCCC is, is a great initiative as well. I, I would like to just comment though, I think you know, Paul mentioned that the sector has had some challenges in response to COVID-19. I think there's also been some outstanding responses and opportunities for the sector. And we have seen the sector step up to meet Australia's health and med tech needs during this crisis. We've seen people like Gray Innovation tooling up to make ventilators. We've got EpiChem in Western Australia pivoting to make hand sanitizers. And, and there's a whole host of other organizations around the country have really stepped up to, to, um, to really help the country in, in this situation. So I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is an interesting time that we're at at the moment and a virtual bio meeting, a virtual bio Korea meeting will be quite different, but we do have to continue to make those connections. Collaboration will continue to be important. And, and we are seeing a huge amount of collaboration across the sector in response to COVID-19. I think that's probably a positive outcome from what we're going through at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Julie, previous to your role with Austrade, you were the CEO of the Bionic Vision Technologies company for, for eight years, a company developing visual prosthesis to restore vision for the blind. So uh, working in this healthcare and medical uh, innovation space it isn't, isn't new for you. No, well, in fact, uh, I hate to admit, I've actually been working in biotech and health for many, many years, a lot longer than the bionic eye. So um, I, uh, you know, I w in the 80s, I was an export manager selling Australian monoclonal and polyclonal antibodies in North America and Europe. And and then I've worked um, at the University of Melbourne. I've worked at the Florey for a number of years um, in uh, setting up a neuroscience uh, research facility there. I've promoted uh, science at the University of Melbourne. Melbourne to industry and um, headed up schools and, and, and faculties there. So I've had, a, I have to, I hate to say, a long history in biotech, but certainly um, working on the Bionic Eye project has been just an amazing experience. And this was a really complex project uh, to build a very complex device that required bringing together engineers and surgeons and designers and biologists and physicists. And I think it really demonstrated now the, the you know, the multidisciplinary nature, a lot of the research that we're doing now to develop complex devices and, and treatment. And so thinking about um, how I can add to Austrade Centre of Health, um, I think that um, I, I span a lot of those areas and I'm very excited about being able to contribute um, that way. This, this industry and this, this area is really dependent upon outstanding multidisciplinary contributions. And, you know, that multidisciplinary contributions uh, doesn't just come from our own local environment. We're very strong here in that environment. We're very strong in the collaborative uh, approach. But where I see a bio a career um, fitting in is, is also to uh, internationalise that multidisciplinary approach and to enable you to connect both at a, a business level, a key opinion leader level, uh, and, and assist in the execution and delivery of these technologies that we're delivering uh, and that developing uh, into the international market. And, and that's where I see, you know, BioCareer can obviously play a strong role in that. I think that Paul's really hit on an important point, that even though our borders are shut at the moment, we must continue to collaborate internationally. We, we cannot do this on our own. 
We yeah. need to be working with the best and the brightest around the world. We, we need those international markets. And so I think we do have to find ways to continue to access global, global markets, global supply chains, and, and those global collaborations. The virtual conferences, the virtual bios, the virtual bio careers will be a really important part of that, that whole process. What an exciting opportunity to take you know, Australian technology and innovation to Korea. And um, here we must congratulate you, Julie, on um, your recent appointment as the Senior International Trade Commissioner for South Korea. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, in fact, uh, I was appointed to the role of Senior Trade Commissioner uh, to South Korea to replace the current incumbent. But um, a little virus called COVID-19 has kind of put paid to those plans for the time being. So I'm looking forward to getting to South Korea, but uh, that probably won't be till later this year. So in fact, being involved with BioCorea in a virtual sense is terrific because it's giving me a head start on the, on the Korean market. And um, I'm so excited to be going there given uh, Korea is one of the most advanced economies in the world. It's such a strong uh, place to do R&D. And of course, everybody, the whole world is, has been watching South Korea's response to COVID-19. One of the exciting first things they did, of course, was develop that uh, diagnostic test using AI and robotics. And I think that's a really important lesson for us. And I think Australia should be really looking to how it can collaborate with Korean companies, because if we don't, certainly other pe people around the world will be doing so. I would encourage all SMEs and researchers to, to get online and have a look at the program content. It's not too late to register. Um, and it's a fantastic way to engage globally without actually leaving, leaving your, um, you know, your, your family room. So have a look. And in addition to a fantastic um, selection of talks, there's also this opportunity, as we've discussed, to register for some online partnering with other businesses. And not only with Korean customers and businesses, but all those other global companies that are coming online to engage. So there's, there can be a lot of crosstalk globally um, that you can be part of. So jump online and, and consider registering if you haven't done so already. Just like to acknowledge the very important work of Ausbiotech and MTP Connect in supporting not only BioCareer but Australia's biotech industry. And I'd also like to give a shout out to my Austrade colleagues in the Seoul office and also in Australia for coordinating this event. Um, and in addition to Western Australia, we have the support of the Victorian government, the New South Wales government, and the South Australian government, uh, as well as CSIRO. So look, I think it's a fantastic cross-spectrum of organisations and we've been delighted with the support that has been provided for this year's BioCareer. I'd like to thank my guests Julie Quinn, Paul Anderson, Dr Kate Brooks and Dr Dan Grant for joining us today. I'm going to wish you all the best as you all travel virtually to the 15th BioCareer 2020 convention which starts on the 18th of May. Registrations for conference passes are still open so sign up, I think it'll be an amazing experience. And this time there will be no jet lag. This was the MTP Connect podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You can find our podcast on all the usual podcast platforms. Please give us a rating and subscribe to hear more fantastic stories from the MTP sector. Until next time. <laughs>